Welcome to another episode of The Decided Heart Effect, The DH Effect. I'm Hillary, and this is my beautiful co-host, Sonia. So for us, we believe we have a decided heart through taking personal accountability, building high trust relationships, and finding and creating belonging. When we take action with our decided heart and create positive change around us, that is really the decided heart effect. So our guest today is deeply, deeply invested in helping others have decided heart moments. Joining us is best-selling author and speaker, Brad Dalton. He inspires others to serve while stretching their limits. He has a soft spot in his heart for those overlooked and underestimated simply because they're deemed non-typical. Having a son on the autism spectrum, Brad has truly embraced the success road. I can't wait to hear more about the success road. He's passionate about leading from the front, serving as the chief encouragement officer for those starting in the back and helping those in the middle just get even, but no, 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 not just get even, get ahead in life. You are definitely our people, Brad. So welcome. I am so jacked to be here right now. Yes. The energy is, is going to be so good for X amount of minutes. Thanks for having me on. You know, Brad, when we started to get to know you virtually, you were just filling our cup. I mean, the, your presence online, the positive energy, the outlook, the mindset, um, we, we had to have you on. And, you know, decided heart moments in our lives could be plentiful, or it could be one. And we're so curious to where you are now, if you could just reflect, what are some decided heart moments or the moment that led you to the space here? Yeah, wow. I mean, I think, I think most great leaders will tell you that it was a, a culmination of things that have kind of brought them to the point where they're at, but uh, there have been some that are bigger than others. And all of them, all of my pivots have made me who I am. They've been part of my success road. They've made me stronger. They've helped me get more perspective and get more clarity and more self-awareness. Um, you know, I would say that one of my biggest deciding moments would be, um, you know, when my son was diagnosed uh, on the autism spectrum. Uh, I'm a lifelong educator. My wife's a lifelong educator. So naturally, we've, we've had students all along the way that were on the autism spectrum. And I've seen, I've seen what happens to kiddos that aren't deemed typical. And what's wrong with being non-typical? What, I mean, you and I, you, me, and we, your listeners, everyone out there, we change our typical every five years. If not sooner, our typical is always evolving. And it's the non-typical that makes us great. It's, you know, all of us having our own unique blueprint and fingerprint on life that makes us awesome, that makes us abnormally, ridiculously awesome. And, but I didn't, you know, I've, I've always kind of been that guy. I was, I've been that guy since I was a little tyke. And I've just always, uh, I've also, I've, I guess I've kind of always had a soft spot. But then, you know, when my own son gets diagnosed, man, I remember getting that, I was, I remember where I was in the doctor's office. I remember walking to my car. It was like the longest walk ever. Uh, I felt like I'd just been slugged in the gut because I just knew what was common. I knew there was going to be bullying. I knew there was going to be exclusion. I knew there was going to be weird looks because they don't act like 
everyone else in the grocery market. I knew all that stuff was coming, that, you know, an airplane ride, you know, everything was, I knew what was coming. And for about 15 minutes, I felt sorry for myself. I, uh, you know, my wife and I always shed some tears and stuff like that. But then it, it took me about 15 minutes. And then I said to myself, this is not fair to him. I'm going to do everything in my power to create the best life possible for him. And so that's what we started to do. And, you know, what the, the, the journey has taught me patience. Mm. The journey has taught me that, you know, success isn't a destination. Success is the road. And it's so true. If, if it's true for all of us, but, you know, for a, a, with, with a kiddo that's on the spectrum, they're evolving. What worked two weeks ago may not work today. Uh, they're just in the spectrum is huge. I mean, there's from high functioning to the very end, it's, it's a giant spectrum, but I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's given me patience. It's given me more empathy. It's given me an ability to see the big picture. It's given me an ability to, uh, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Uh, those are just, you know, I'm just listing off a few, but there's so many things. If we just pay attention in life, we can learn stuff and, and that, that was a big one for me. I, I, I love, I'm, I'm reflecting on a good friend of mine whose son is on the spectrum. And I remember having a, a conversation with her one time and she's a, a self-proclaimed um, control freak. And she said, oh boy. yes. And she said <laughs> the biggest gift that she had was learning to be in the present and cherishing love all the more because mm -hmm. her son in particular only comes to her when he needs love, but there isn't this reciprocity that you would normally expect. And she said she didn't realize how much she was taking love in her life for granted because now each little moment where there's a head on the shoulder or a hug or whatever, it's like, it's like Christmas and the 4th of July and all of those things oh, rolled yeah. all up in one. And what, what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It there's, there's so much that goes with it. I mean, our, our kiddo is high functioning, but uh, I mean, who would have thought, you know, I don't know if you two have kiddos, but I mean, who would have thought you'd have to teach your kid how to play? We literally had to hire a play therapist. And, you know, we were really concerned early that he wasn't making any friends. Cause if you know the spectrum, you know, that they're missing the social piece and we would make sure they had people at his school that would go out to the playground and force him to play. And he had all kinds of behaviors when we did that, like bad behaviors. And when we quit, when we quit trying to make him what we thought he should be and just let him kind of be him, like your old UBU concept. And he was cool with walking around on the playground by himself. He, uh, his last three years of school, he ate, he ate lunch in the detention office because it was quieter mm -hmm. and noise hurts his ears. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, they're all great examples of, and got, you know, we're talking about autism, but we could talk about entrepreneurship. We could talk yes, about education. Gosh. We could talk about, you know, whatever we can talk about anything. We just got to meet people where they're at, let them be the best version of themselves, meet them where they're at and build from there. We all start at different points. Why not just let people start where they're starting and then let's crush it from there. Well, that's what I'm really connected to mm -hmm. is the expansiveness of 
of this growth, this personal growth and accepting others and showing up today. Like that's something I worked on is every morning I'll say, well, how will I show up today in this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't make, it doesn't matter if the expectations I have as role as college counselor or mother or whatever that role is. It's, I, I know that I am of love. I know that I am with compassion and how will I share those gifts today? And I, mm. I am also resonating with um, a childhood memory because um, my, I have a twin sister. We were raised by our single parent, immigrant dad. That's the context. Okay. But he, here's the thing. Whenever, when everyone asks, we, were, we grew up on soccer and everyone asks, oh, what are you? Who are you a fan of? What team do you belong to? And I said, the underdog. I always, always rooted for the underdog. And it's because people treated our family or my sister and I as underdogs. Oh, oh, you come from the single parent. Oh, you can't afford these things. And so, and some would be surprised like, oh, Sonia, I thought you came from a nuclear family. And I thought, well, what does that mean? Did you have, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I thought I loved when you said um, absurdly, uniquely gifted or something like that. And I I was just like, yes, that is what we should bring out. So how do you do that? Well, I, you know, I believe that life doesn't give us what, is, what we want. Life gives us who we are. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a lot, that's kind of a loaded line, but I, I believe that from the moment I meet someone, whether it be in the classroom, in a one-on-one, in a speaking engagement with y'all, you know, from the moment we start to the moment we finish, it's all about breeding a positive culture. Mm-hmm. You know, the true true power grid in life is relationships. And if you, if you're really intentional, if you're an intentional thinker, if you're a possibility thinker, uh, you're into relationships. And I just try to grab, I try to get people uh, to gravitate towards that, towards positive. I mean, I found that people like to be around positive Mm -hmm. and positive breeds success, positive breeds, great culture, positive breeds a great identity for your company, for your friendships, for your community. And uh, man, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that that's kind of what I'm thinking. No, I think that that's really powerful. And I do, I think that what's so important, and I would love to have you with your mindset that you teach as well as your coaching that you do. And, And so much of that, again, is about this positive mindset. I really think when I'm listening to you, you have to start anchoring first to how am I going to show up? Who am I? And be strong and firm in that because that allows you to show up with the confidence to take that next step, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's really hard to be positive when inside you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and who I am. (laughs) Right. Well, that is, that is awesome. And you know, what I would encourage people first to realize is that wherever they're at right now, that's where they're supposed to be. Mm. Don't, don't get caught up in, I'm not as far along as long as I'd like to be, or Mm. I wish I was further ahead, or I wish I was doing that. Those are limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a tough hurdle. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to overcome because usually people who are thinking that way, they're also eager to pleasers Mm. and eager to pleasers are also great human beings. I mean, they're eager to please because they want to please somebody. A selfish person wouldn't want to please anybody at all. Like these people are good people, um, but they 
you've, we've got to get you mean we we've got to get the mindset of we're we're meeting ourselves where we're at we're where we're supposed to be and and then just hooking onto the growth mindset and you know we we're going to build from where we're at opportunities don't happen yesterday they happen today and uh we're going to crush this day Oh, for sure. You did. I remember um, on an Instagram post, you did mention w- one of the key ingredients mm-hmm. to move from, you know, this, this awareness, you mm-hmm. know, the awareness of, wait, I was, I was doing things this way. I was a people pleaser. And now mm-hmm. I'm discovering that maybe there's something else that I really need to work on. And the secret ingredient you your post um, indicated was courage, mm-hmm. the, the courage, because, you know, I, I could see myself I'll just say 10 years back, maybe longer, where maybe I was aware, but it was too scary to do the work. And it was more comfortable just to stay where I'm at because it was enough. I didn't have maybe the courage to really battle it out. Um, How, how would you, how do you work with clients in terms of, you know, giving them that or helping them find the courage? Yeah. Bring the courage forth. Right. Right. Well, man, it could, it kind of depends on the peep, right. But a lot of times people don't have the courage, not because they don't think they can and they, they don't do it because they're afraid of failing. It's like, you know, if I were to use a baseball example, people don't, people that throw balls, it's not that they can't throw strikes, it's that they're afraid, they're afraid to throw balls mm-hmm. or people that strike out on opportunities in life. A lot of the times it's not that they, they, they couldn't get it done. They were afraid of not getting it done. They had mm-hmm. it in the tank. They just had the, they just, their mindset needed to be shifted a little bit. And that's why they talk to people like you and they talk to people like me. But the other thing is people believe that, you know, courage is really close. It's really close. I mean, the growth zone and the comfort zone aren't that far away, but people feel like it's this giant leap Mm -hmm. and it's not, I mean, I mean, here in between my fingers, that's the comfort zone. The growth zone is right there. It's right there. It's, it's, it's not far away. It's close. And people think it's this giant leap and it's really not. And we always talk about how the first step uh, to becoming a better version of you is the first step. And a first step isn't a leap. A first step isn't a bound. The first step is not like we're doing a long jump here. The first step is literally a comfortable step in the right direction. It's not. And so convincing people that they just got to take one itty bitty step. You're, you're, you're not going to become, there's no one that's become a millionaire overnight. There's no one that's jumped to the professional, whatever, soccer, football, baseball, no one's ever, you think about all the most successful people in the world. None of them, none of them did it without a first step. And none of them just jumped to the big time. Mm. You, 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 and so you, you talk to people about this and you bring perspective that look, you know, the, the, the richest people in the world start, didn't start on the pedestal. They were people just like you and I, and you're normal. You're feeling these things. That's pretty normal. You don't feel typical. None of us are, mm-hmm. we're all different. <laughs> we're all unique. It doesn't matter who you are. Like if, if you're an entrepreneur, like everyone has a niche. Like everyone has a niche. Everybody has a niche in life. Everyone has their lane. You don't have to star in someone else's movie. Mm-hmm. Be you. 
And so those are some of the conversations we have. No, it's it's so powerful because I think that, you know, Gay Hendricks talks about uh, the difference between excitement or sorry, between fear and excitement as a breath, right? When you're afraid, you're holding your breath. When you take a breath, you can shift physiologically when you do the, the scan, it looks the same. It's just a breath. Yeah. And I think that is so important. But on that, that sort of pre-assumes that everyone has this capacity to make that shift. Do you really feel, I mean, you have this amazing book, DNA of a Winner. Mm -hmm. Do you think that everybody has the capacity or has the DNA of a winner that we, mm -hmm. we have it there imprinted, ready to come out? 100%. No question. I mean, without hesitation, I think we're, we're all born, no matter where from, from a long line of winners. I mean, you think of the fact, you know, just us being here right now, we're one in a million. We had a one in, in millions chance of even living you know we were chosen and we're in this world and uh i do believe it like now it doesn't look different for everybody sure but that doesn't make it any less good or uh or better or anything like that we're all we are uniquely abnormally ridiculously all gifted in some shape or fashion i do believe it in the and I believe our dreams are real. Most people, most people in our, and we all dream, but when we all think of our dreams, we all think they're make-believe. Like we have these thoughts and then we end up tying them to stuff that can't ha possibly happen. But again, none of the best out there got to where they were going without dreaming. Like your dreams are valid. They're real. They're, and you've got to believe that they're attainable. Doesn't mean that they're not going to be tough. Doesn't mean, I mean, relationships are tough. Uh, jobs are tough. Parenting is tough. I mean, the playbook changes all the time in all those things. They're all, I mean, but it's tough that makes it great. It's those that lean into struggle. It's those that, uh, I mean, and, you know, on regards to struggle, you know, if we, you and I were driving a car and our car started to fishtail, let's say the back of our car started to fishtail left. Would we, would we steer right or would we steer left? We would, we'd steer left. We'd steer in to the fishtail. We'd steer into it. And that's life. Like we want to, we want to lean into that thing. If we, mm -hmm. if we try to run away from it, we're going to get out of control. But if we lean into it and we just understand those concepts, um, yeah, I think we're all born we're all born to to live the life of a champion. It's just a matter of, are we going to, are we going to think small? Are we going to play life small? Are we going to try to play big? And, you know, once we take that first step, uh, we have a chance. If we don't take that first step, we're, we're limiting not only ourselves, but we're limiting everybody around us. I mean, think about the overflow that we aren't giving to everyone around us. It almost becomes a selfish move by not, by not, creating more overflow. Yeah. So. He needs I, to say that again for the people in the back to hear like you're selfish if you're not being you. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We, and we have to remind each other yes, of that all the time too. I think we, you know, even though we can, we believe that fully today, especially after hearing you and then maybe tomorrow it's like, Oh, I'm not believing it. And then that's where that relationship with another and that sense of belonging is so important is to continue to uplift and keep that energy. Um, I think that first step, as I was hearing you, 
is a belief that I have the D mm-hmm. I was saying this into, to myself. I have the DNA mm-hmm. to be a winner. I mean, just saying that to myself and believing it is really that, that first step. And that doesn't take, to me, it didn't take too much courage to say that. And it felt amazing to say mm-hmm. it. I, I was saying it in my mind, so I didn't want to interrupt the conversation. <laughs> I was whispering it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have something also, and I know that you've covered some parts to this, but you have something called the success road and we've mentioned mm-hmm. it, but is there anything more that you want to add to what that is for your clients? Man, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of like it sounds, it, it's just your journey. And it's, it's just the mindset that success isn't a destination. Success isn't an achievement. Success is embracing the vibration, welcoming inconvenience, uh, welcoming disruption, and then also soaking up all the good stuff, soaking up all the good stuff. I mean, I, I tell a story. I, so I used to be a head baseball coach and won, won quite a bit, had a lot of success, but I was at this one stop. I had traded, desk, uh, traded locations. I, would have different, I was at a different stop in my career. And we won, the short version is we ended up winning the state title. And while all the other coaches and all the players are all dogpiling, hugging and having, you know, just you know, having such a great time. All I did was sit down on a bucket and exhaled. Wow. You know, I should be like, and the group was incredible. We won like, we won 55 of 56 games at one point that year. And, and had all kinds of success. We beat a Gatorade player of the year in route to winning that state title, all this good stuff. And I mean, and relationships that I still have to this day with players. And all I did was sit down and exhale. I didn't even enjoy the journey. So people that are so tied to winning, I mean, I jokingly spell, I say, I spell fun, Mm W-I-N. I like to win. Uh, But winning, winning isn't just about what's on the scoreboard. Like, our lens, our scoreboard needs to be the process. Mm-hmm. A lion isn't a lion because he's courageous or that he has pride or a big heart. Uh, a lion is a lion because he's into the hunt. And a lion's into the hunt. You've never seen a cat sneak up on a bird without like getting real sneaky and their butts high in the ground, their paws are loaded. They're just like this and then boom, and then they pounce. You know, that's what a cat does when they're sneaking up on a bird. They're really calculated. They're really calculated. They're really into the process. They really love the hunt. Uh, that's what makes a lion a lion. And that's kind of the success road. You, you, you endure, you thrive, and you enjoy, and you just love the process. That's what success looks like, the process, period. And if you, as long as you keep your your sights and your lens on that, uh, you have a chance because your val- everyone has peaks and valleys, but your valleys aren't going to be so deep. You're, I mean, there's so many times. I mean, being a business owner is tough, especially in these times. Like I said, relationships are tough. It's, it's, it's impossible to not have tough in almost everything in life. But if your eyes are on the success road, if your eyes are on the process, if you're into the hunt, if you're into becoming and never feel like you've become, those things will all help you um, in achieving your, your what, what is your birthright for excellence? Wow. 
I think it's so important too, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking success feels really elusive to a lot of people, what it means. And there are people pleasers. There's people not displeasers, right? Right. So they're, they have these voices. I don't want to make mom and dad mad. So I Mm -hmm. need this title, this security, this money, and they get wrapped up in these other things. And the fact that we do, I mean, I'm as, as I'm listening to, I'm like, why in school do we, cause I'm an educator too. Why don't we have like an hour a week just to dream? Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to write down their dream and, and they're going to tune in to who we are and at parents. Why not do this? Tune into what you want. I, I just was talking to a client yesterday. Who's a brand new daddy and has two job offers in front of him and was looking at it. One was going to be the title and the, this and the, that, but it was going to take him away from home. Mm-hmm. And the other one had great security, but was less sexy. And I said, which title is more important to you? And I said, I'm not going to judge daddy or director. And he was like, there's not even a question, but we don't like, we need those moments to, to say who is saying we're supposed to be this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. and what is my heart Mm -hmm. telling me, how do we tune in? Like, how do we get into that connection, Brad, of what is being said from the outside world that success is supposed to look like? And what is it that really is meant for me? Yeah. Well, I think it starts. Uh, I love that you're an educator, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I think it starts really young. I think we totally, and I'm not anti-education. I, I'm, I'm obviously pro and all that stuff. But I really think we, we kind of do kids a disservice because Kids will, at least in America, will go K through 12 and not have one class on how to think like a winner. We do tons of content. We all, all important, like all the content's important. Every elective is important. Every core subject, all that stuff's important. But, you know, ACTs, SATs, IQ, none of that means jack if you don't know how to use it. If you don't know how to think like a winner, how could you be a winner? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we don't do any of that. Like, so, I mean, character ed in a way that's relevant, starting when they're young, kindergarten, from moving up, there should be character ed, there should be life lessons, there should be thinking like a champion tied into almost every unit. Uh, that's how I've always taught. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a life guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with, with kids, when, when teaching and whatnot, I, I've always told them that, you know, you're more than a roster spot to me. I have to take uh-huh. attendance. They tell me I have to give you a grade, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to meet you where you're at. Your best is good enough for me. Your best is not going to look like everyone else's best. Life isn't fair. I mean, if, if life was fair, a dog wouldn't be in a push-up position his whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I mean, and we're just, that's it. I mean, I mean, this really speaks to my heart because, you know, as a college counselor, um, in the name of achievement, we've really, our young people have sacrificed so much Mm -hmm. in the name of, of a tangible thing called winning or achieving. And, um, so what, and I have, I have two daughters and one's in seventh grade and, and the other one's a third year in college, but as a parent, because I'm not seeing that curriculum or that focus at school, I absolutely make it a priority in my home to say, well, when will you have, you know, when will you have nothing like protecting the time of nothingness? Because in that nothingness is magical. It's mm-hmm. magical. Um, and then as being present and how I show up and really guide her to say, 
you know, celebrate this time. It is true. I've seen it before my eyes. So I'm telling you parents out there, I've seen it before my eyes. What can happen when you give time, the silence or the time to daydream outside and to celebrate boredom, you know, like awesome that you're bored, do something like figure that out. Um, Uh, So thank you for that. So true. I was going to ask you if you could dive a little deeper into what nothingness is to you. Mm. Oh, thanks. Thank you for that. Nothingness is is just time that 110% belongs to Gabby. That there's no schedule. That's the nothing. There's nothing to be scheduled to show up for that she can decide how she would like to be present. And she and, and and then I'm not checking in on her or like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it is absolutely her time. So that's what I meant by the I, nothing. I love it. I love it. I might even steal it. Steal mm. it. The you nothingness ones. I love it. Uh, that is really cool. And I agree. There's a lot of us, we feel like as parents, as educators, as coaches, as leaders, a lot of us feel like we have to have something planned for every minute. So we almost micromanage. So people hear micromanage and they think of business or, or administration stuff, but micromanaging is kind of across the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I talk about, you know, with leaders, with kids, with whoever is having your core set of values, but hold them loosely. So you have your leading with a core set of values, but hold them loosely and let them roam anywhere they want inside those parameters, they still get to feel like they make choices. Uh, you know, if I, as a leader, as a, as a parent, you know, you have your, you know, I always tell people that you need to hire around character, hire you. You can teach people what you want them mm-hmm. to know, but you want to hire character. You want to hire people with a good moral compass. So you, you teach them these things and then let them make decisions. And as long as they're not violating those bad boys, um, man, we're going to have a great culture. I mean, gosh, I mean, trust leads to interactions, interaction leads to relationships. And like we said before, relationships are the true power grid. If you've got great relationships and you can love going to work every time your feet hit the floor, when you get out of bed every morning and you can feel gratitude. Oh, I mean, my, I don't have a six pack, but if I did right now, it'd be flexing. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I love it. No, it is you are so energizing. You've given us a, we were talking before we came on today a little bit about what happens when we have Red Bull. I feel like I've had a shot of Red Bull with you, Mr. Dalton. Yes. I'm yes. loving it. I'm loving it. And I I really do just want to close out what we've heard from you today is really that idea that none of us are typical. Mm-hmm. And that's to be celebrated and that's to be amazed. And we shouldn't look to other people for success. We should be on our own road and present. And then as we trust ourselves, learn to trust others in a way that brings about a more positive culture, a sense of belonging, a sense of celebration. And that's where we can find that true, true joy. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I might steal that also. Well, that's yours. <laughs> we got that from you. Um, so how I know that our listeners and viewers are going to want more of this Red Bull energy. Um, and, you know, I, I know that you have this successful podcast. Um, how can you share? How can our listeners and viewers um, get, get a hold of you and your podcast? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my my best self you on Instagram and, and I'm on LinkedIn. Those are probably my two biggest ones. 
best self podcast. Uh, it's in 54 countries and five continents. Uh, we put a pause on that, but we'll be starting recording it here again in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. If you want to get my book and maybe even get a, a free discovery type call, just go to braddaltongroup.com. Braddaltongroup.com. I would love, uh, love to have that conversation. What, what y'all see here today, this is just me being me. Uh, and uh, I'm, I think I, I try to be positive, try to add value to others' lives, just like these two incredible ladies I'm looking at right now. Um, that, and that's, and that's what we talk about. That's what we do. So whether you're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, a, a CEO, uh, a, an educator, a parent, an athlete, I love you all. And, uh, the door's open for you. You know, that's what I'm feeling right now is that you show up in love. Mm -hmm. There's just so much love and compassion and service and, um, it just, it just shines. It, you can't even hide it, Brad. I mean, even if you wanted to be <laughs> humble about it, it just, it just exudes out of you. And so just so grateful for that. Um, everyone. So, and we're going to have all the links. We have yep. all of the links that Brad just mentioned in the description area. So you'll have the direct links and you don't so have to write it down. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we thank you. Thank you, Brad, for joining us. Thank you viewers and listeners for joining us for another week of the DH effect. We hope you have found something to inspire you to take action in your life. Don't forget to subscribe to all of our channels. So YouTube, Apple podcast, all the podcast platforms that you listen to, we are there. Um, until next time. Oh, actually, you can join us on more conversations about Brad and, and the themes coming out through our Instagram and Facebook pages. Until next time, may you find the courage to live with a decided heart, anchored by identity, trust, and belonging. Thank you so much.